Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me see you put your hands up now. 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 With guest host, Steve Weissman. Rich, love you. Brock, Dotuko, what's up? PJ, my brother from another mother, love you. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Sports Illustrated senior writer, John Wertheim. Seven-year NFL veteran, Trey Boston. ESPN NFL insider, Field Yates. Coming up, Chargers tackle, Rashawn Slater. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Steve Weissman. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, Steve Weissman filling in, and we've got a big hour. I know we started the show with Novak Djokovic tennis talk, (laughs) but this is the NFL Power Hour. Yeah, let's do it. We've got Field Yates, (laughs) we've got Rashawn Slater. We are talking all things football, and now I welcome in my buddy, Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, fantasy expert, host of NFL Live, all-around great human. Field, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, first of all, Steve, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, but did I miss the part where we weren't talking tennis right now? Because I've been preparing my notes for only Djokovic talk. <laughs> how's, how's your game, by the way? You still playing at the casino? Rusty, yes, but rusty. Uh, it's gonna put. It, it has probably taken the backseat to golf. The problem huh. is you wouldn't be able to tell from my golf game, Steve. So I'm starting to wonder whether I'm sort of misallocating my time resources these well, days. It, it may be, be Field Field and I, by the way, had a had a battle royale on the uh, the red clay of the casino courts in Nantucket back in the day. So much fun. But you know, maybe if if you invite me back to Nantucket, you'll get back into the mm. tennis. Little longer trek, but you have an open invite. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, field NFL mini camps wrapping up around the league. W- what are your biggest headlines coming out? I would say what's taking place in Buffalo right now, Steve. And I think that everybody knows what has taken place with Stephon Diggs. But for those that may have missed it, quickly, the head coach of the Bills, Sean McDermott, said yesterday, uh, two days ago, excuse me, now that he was very concerned about the fact that Stephon Diggs was not with the team for the first practice of mandatory minicamp. And I would say nine times, maybe even 95 times out of 100, when a player is missing a mandatory minicamp day, the answer is pretty straightforward. He wants a new contract. Well, Stephon Diggs got a new contract last year. And by the way, it still holds up as one of the top receiver deals in the NFL. And beyond that, 95 out of 100 times in which an issue bubbles up to the surface, it's not from the team. Sean McDermott volunteered this drama, so to speak, 
in Buffalo. And a day later, they said that everything had been resolved and things were uh, were hunky-dory. At least that was what they led us to believe. I just have a hard time buying the idea that within 24 hours, issues that were deep enough to lead Stephon Diggs to leave the practice facility and for Sean McDermott to say that he was very concerned can all of a sudden be smoothed over. I'm continuing to keep an eye on how things are resolved there in Buffalo. I'm with you because to go from very concerned to to being in a great spot, having Josh Allen basically say, I I, I love this guy. I would, I want nothing more than, than great things for him. And, and now it's okay. What do you, what do you think is going on there? Do you think it's a, a quarterback receiver situation or is it deeper than that with the entire team? It feels like it's deeper than that because it doesn't seem like Stefan and Josh Allen are at odds. Uh, Josh Allen reiterated that he and Stefan have a great relationship. He used words that we can't use on TV or radio to describe just how much he feels about Stefan Diggs in a positive way. You know, this is something that could be uh, maybe much deeper than anything for, for the, these, those of us on the outside could ascertain, Steve, or it could be things that we maybe have taken notice of in the past. It's is Stephon Diggs being utilized enough or correctly in large moments because, uh, unfortunately for the Bills, for all the talent they have and all of the success that they have had over the past two years, they've entered the echelon of teams where success is no longer measured by winning 13 games in 16 tries last year in the regular season. It is measured by a team that either wins or does not win the Super Bowl, and they have yet to do that obviously in franchise history and over the past few years with Josh Allen playing at the level that he has. So it feels like we've entered a new era of expectations for the Bills. And when you have those big expectations, having uh, less than perfect standards or excuse me, less than perfect performances in the playoffs might lead to some real frustration. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I I also say, Field, believe what people post on social media. Believe what they say. I mean, he's been telling us all off season that something is going on. I mean, you look at all the Instagram captions and the slides that he's putting out. May 13th, a gem cannot be polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. I hate when people I mean, be like, we were both wrong. Who? I wasn't wrong for that. <laughs> you know, Steve, I am just, I am just starting to understand uh, 18 month old language with my daughter. Um, and, that is hard enough for me to interpret. So then having to go from that, I barely speak English, by the way, myself, to having to try to interpret social media to me is uh, that's asking way too much. It is incredible. Uh, you're absolutely right. Like we simultaneously put so much stock into what people are posting on social media without having any idea really what they are actually trying to posit or suggest to us. It seems like something is up though. And I'm not trying to fan the flames if it turns out that this is actually 100% results. But again, I go back to just a couple of very fundamental aspects of this situation, which is that if Sean McDermott goes up to the stage or goes up to the podium when he's doing his media on Tuesday and a reporter says to him, hey, is everybody here? It is so easy for Sean McDermott to say, hey, the only player who's not here on the practice field today is Stephon Diggs. It's a situation that uh, we're aware of, and there are no concerns whatsoever. He did the opposite of that. And, and when he did, once he did that, it was the breaking of the dam, and all of a sudden it's all of us having a lot of questions. Even your daughter, Kinley Yates, can, can attest that something <laughs> something was up there. <laughs> something something was, was, up. Was, was askew. Um, DeAndre Hopkins been with the, flew in yesterday with the Patriots today. What, what, what's the latest on that? 
Yeah, still currently visiting with the team, Steve. So as you and I are talking, he is meeting with somebody uh, at the Patriots facility, and this is his second. And as of right now, the only other known visit that DeAndre Hopkins uh, will be taking uh, and I, I don't know that I would expect any more visits from DeAndre for DeAndre Hopkins, at least anytime soon, Steve. And here's the reason why. Today is kind of like the final day of school for NFL teams. Every minicamp will be over by the end of the day today. And uh, while head coaches and general managers are never out of pocket fully, many of them get away. And this is their, call it five weeks ahead, where they get to enjoy their family and have a much more balanced life than they do throughout the rest of the year facilities around the NFL are going to be a lot quieter for the next five weeks. Uh, it does not mean that DeAndre Hopkins can't go on a visit. He certainly could. I just think it's less likely. And I think what this probably comes down to, Steve, is a few things. Uh, but I'll leave with this. It's what DeAndre Hopkins wants. And when he spoke on a podcast recently, the I Am Athlete podcast, he noted how he wanted to play uh, with an organization that had stable management, had a great quarterback. I think he mentioned the defense as well. Um, I think all those things are like the responsible thing for any athlete to say. But if his primary objective at 31 years old is to get the biggest bite at the apple that's still left over, I wouldn't blame him a bit. And if money is en- ends up guiding his decision, my response would be, go for it, man. Like, if you want to ring chase at, at 31, that's allowed. But ring chasing takes on a different meaning when you're a little bit closer to the end of your career. So my thought has continually been, hey, If you are DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the response here is pretty simple. Go get the most amount of money that you can get. Maybe it's a multi-year deal. 31, let's say you get a two-year deal. When you're 33, if you still haven't won that ring, then go chase a ring somewhere else, right? Like go go to Kansas City in 2025, right? Like make your reservation right now because (laughs) – they're still going to be good unless Patrick Mahomes retires and your chance to make a whole lot of money is dwindling. It may be, this may be the last one. So I think that DeAndre Hopkins has to decide what he wants first and foremost. And I know that uh, I'm not going to begrudge him uh, if he decides that what he wants more than anything else is to make the most amount of money. Yeah, I think you should be his agent. I just secure the bag 100%. And speaking of that... That's like a 1% fee. <laughs> you only take 1%. What a discount with Field Yates. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, speaking of money, you know, he, he would consider sitting out the season if he doesn't get a long-term contract. They, they, they franchise tagged him. Top running backs getting franchise tags, putting kind of a cap on the market right now. We talked about it earlier in the show. Why do you think the value of running backs has been going down across the league? Yeah, there is evidence that you can go with the bargain route here. Uh, there's a there's a graphic, uh, a screenshot that someone, maybe it's an Excel spreadsheet that somebody made at some point uh, right after the Super Bowl this year. And I want to say it's like seven straight Super Bowl winners have had a running back whose base salary is like $1.25 million or less. There's just too many examples year in and year out of guys coming seemingly out of nowhere at the running back position making a major impact. This past year, Isaiah Pacheco, of course, became the Chiefs' best running back, or at least um, you know, one of the most prominent running backs, along with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, but both of those guys were making like, minimal amounts of money relative to other players on the roster. And those aren't the only examples, not just this year and not just in general, right? I mean, other guys who this past year are examples of players, and there are many others, by the way, who like played legitimate roles as either undrafted free agents or late-round picks, like 
Bam Knight for the Jets as a rookie. was an undrafted kid who ends up playing a bunch. Deontay Foreman was a highly drafted player uh, a few years. He was a third-round pick when he came out of Texas. But he became the Panthers' starting running back after the Christian McCaffrey trade. And all of a sudden, that team started running the football better. Uh, if there were examples, if there were receivers every year coming out of the seventh round, or if there were you know linebackers every year coming out of the undrafted ranks, I think the position resources would change. But running back more than really any position on offense or defense in the NFL has become the spot where teams are able to find value. And I feel for running back, Steve. I mean, when you and I were growing up watching football, like think about the heydays of like Marshall Falls, yep. Edger, and James. Like those were the guys, Eddie George, Emmitt Smith, back, but it was yeah. like. Those were, yeah, Emmett Smith was, you know, those were MVPs of the league, literally. Now, in order for a running back to win the MVP, it hasn't happened with Adrian Peterson over a decade ago. It, it's like a 2,200 rushing yard season with like 25 total touchdowns. It's a quarterback league. Running backs have become, at least for now, the most most fungible spot to replace on the roster. It's just a bummer to see. That's a great word, fungible. Uh, Brockman uh, asked this question earlier in the show. How many running backs would you take over Justin Tucker right now? <laughs> wow. Um, I was not prepared for that one mentally. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's The question field question. was, like, who's more valuable? Are there five yeah. more running backs more valuable than Justin Tucker in the NFL right now? Yeah, it's hard because it's like, you know, the, the, the tricky part of this is that I hate to, I'm not, not I'm not going to fence it. I'm going to give you an answer, I think. But it's like <laughs> you can easily replace like, you know, the, I'll, I'll use the Panthers example again. They replaced Christian McCaffrey with Deontay Foreman and started running the football, at least on the ground, more effectively. Um, whereas with Justin Tucker, there's like a fairly finite number of kickers that you trust in the world. Right. You can go from Justin Tucker to I mean, remember, like, I mean, this is probably unfair uh, to the Cowboys, but like what four missed extra points mm. uh, in a single playoff game this past year for a kicker and Brett Maher have been a good player for them throughout the season. It's like, I think the downside of, uh, of a bad kicker probably outweighs the downside of a bad running back. But I think, you know, obviously the upside of Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, that, you know, the, the game by game impact is, is so much more dramatic uh, than a kicker. So maybe the answer is, I don't know, 15 or 16. But um, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to have a really, really unique case for uh, Justin Tucker as the best kicker ever. And when I see people talk about uh, like Sebastian Janikowski going in the first round, like imagine if Justin Tucker had been a first round pick and not an undrafted player out of Texas. Like, we, we, we would have laughed at it at the time, right? Yeah. Like, there's no doubt that if he had been the Ravens' first-round pick that year, I, I don't even remember who their first-round pick was in that specific season, we'd all be sitting here saying that was an absolute masterstroke by Baltimore. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think we're going to start seeing a lot of kickers being taken in the first round. But you make a great point. Brockton makes a great point. I mean, the, the, the value – is there and unfortunately because the running back oh, they work so hard the value is not there right now in this national football yeah. league uh which rookie are you most excited to see play this year Ooh, uh i would say anthony richardson is the uh, probably the low-hanging fruit answer just because it feels like the uh like the ceiling floor variance is the widest uh anthony richardson had 13 starts in his college career and florida fans will tell you last year it wasn't always pretty uh, everybody knows the number by now, but just to reiterate it, he completed under 53% of his passes in college. And 
I know that, you know, there's more than just the quarterback that goes into completing passes. you got to be properly protected. Your receivers have to get open and catch the ball. But still, 53% is a really <laughs> low number. On the other hand, if you were like one of my cousins who lives on YouTube, that's how they consume their content, or food with TV, <laughs> uh, then they would tell you, like, if you go watch the highlights, it's, I mean, I mean, there's just, like, so much, like, you know, there's there's all kinds of, uh, of Anthony Richardson upside, right? They see, like, you know, the 75-yard the dazzling runs or, the you know, the, the 85 or, you know, the 55-yard pass from the one knee or whatever it might be for Richardson. And they'd say, how could this guy not be the best player in the NFL next year? So an interesting game, uh, so to speak, for, uh, for Anthony Richardson. He's probably the one that I'm most excited to see, and I'm assuming he'll start right out of the gates because uh, I just think for the Colts, they're very cognizant of where they are right now as an organization. They they may talk like they are going to be a playoff contender this year, but they're you know this is a team that knows that uh, they are somewhere early in the spectrum uh, as opposed to like on the precipice of being AFC title contender. Uh, definitely excited to see Anthony Richardson play. Uh, we alluded to it earlier, but I had some of the best summer trips of my life going, going to Nantucket with you, some of our friends, hanging with guys like, like Scott Pioli. What, uh, other than teaching you how to be the best clamor uh, on the planet, what, what has Scott meant uh, to your career? Oh, gosh, where do I even begin? Scott is the best. Probably the most principled human that I've ever met. And... Uh, I think you see it a lot in his analysis these days, uh, doing work for both CBS Sports uh, and NFL Network. And I think I'm trying to think of just one word, and I could probably choose 55 or 60 of them. But discipline is probably the word that I was reminded of the most when I think about Scott. Discipline and process, Steve, because uh, you and I both know that uh, the final product that you see on a football field on Sunday is not just – 22 players getting on the field, lining up and making it happen. It goes way deeper than that. And Scott taught me the importance of, uh, you know, the, the attention to detail that can go a long way towards uh, turning this, uh, these, these, these small steps taken during the off season into a much, much bigger product on Sundays. So uh, I always love hanging out with Scott. I want to see him again soon. And Steve, this has rekindled the, the, the flame. You got to get out to Nantucket again. I, mean, I, I really, this summer, I, only what? I want to do it. thousand miles from L.A. That's doable. It is totally doable. By the way, Field Yates, for those who don't know, one of the best emailers on the earth. If you've ever oh. gotten an email from Field <laughs> wow. Yates, really? it is Good constructed beautifully. And it, it it's it's like he puts, I mean, he puts time and effort into these things. They're long. They're written exquisitely. And I uh, just want, want everybody watching the Rich Eisen show to know about Field Yates' emails. They're, they're a spectacular field. Gosh. Also, Man, fi- you know, that has inspired me to keep it going. Also, Field, real quick, in, two, in 2012, the Ravens didn't have a first-round pick. They took Courtney Upshaw 35th overall. Okay, and a pick that, candidly, did not really work out that well, right? <laughs> I mean, it was – so I think uh, – I don't, I don't know how long Upshaw lasted in the NFL, but – He played, he played, he played six numbers. years. Actually, if you look at their entire draft class in 2012 – Tucker is better than all of them combined. Yeah. Yeah. The draft is definitely a crapshoot. So I always have like a lot longer leash in terms of uh, like how people have uh, like, I, I don't, I don't get as like, as, as um, like, in, in, like, I don't know. People get very fired up about like, you know, draft class whips here and there. And it's like, if, if you're doing that long enough, pretty much every GM is going to have some really good picks and some really crappy ones along the way. Uh, but the Ravens track record is exceptional for that 2012 class to be a relative miss. 
saved by Justin Tucker, as the team has been <laughs> on multiple occasions in the regular and postseason. Field, uh, thank you so much for taking some time joining us today. So happy for all your success. Love watching you shine, doing your thing, growing. Tell Chapin and the family I say hello. Tell your mom, Paige, I said hello as well. Um, I hope to see you soon, maybe in Nantucket, maybe Nantucket somewhere else. Soon. We're making it happen, Steve. I can't wait. All right, Field. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. Field Yates, NFL insider extraordinaire for ESPN, hosts NFL Live, just a great person and and truly spent some of the best summers in Nantucket and uh, hope to get back there and, and be on the tennis court with Field once again. We've got Rashawn Slater coming up next here on the Rich Eisen Show. Steve Weissman filling in today and tomorrow. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Steve Weissman sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Excited to welcome in my next guest. We've got Rashawn Slater, all-pro offensive tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers. Rashawn, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Entering year three in the NFL, just wrapped up minicamp. Tell us all about it. How was it? Uh, minicamp was great. It was... Uh... It was an exciting opportunity to, first of all, just return after missing most of last season with my bicep injury and, um, you know, get a chance just to be around the team, start installing the new offense with uh, Coach Moore. So it's been a really great opportunity. 
You mentioned the in- injury that you had last year. How would you characterize your, your excitement level to start this season, you know, compared to years past? You know, I'm always excited, but it's always kind of for a different reason. Like, you know, my rookie year, my first NFL season last year, I was looking forward to to building. And this year I feel like it's different because now I have, you know, that injury last year kept me off the field. So it's really been a long time. So really it's just, a ton of excitement, a ton of anticipation. It's been a long time coming, and I know my bicep's good, so it's just I, get, I can apply what I've learned over the last couple of years and uh, see how see how good I can do. I'm excited. You talk about the bicep being good. Obviously, there's that video of you lifting on your pro day that, that went viral, front squatting 450 pounds. So as a guy that you know loves being in the gym and, and, and putting up huge weights, how tough was it for you to stay patient and, and not push yourself too hard during rehab? Uh, it, was, it was tough, but I think what helped me a lot was just knowing you know, I had, I had the doctor's word. I was working with our team trainers, and I just knew that I had a chance to come back. Uh, towards the end of last season, it didn't end up happening, but that kind of kind of kept me trusting the process and making sure I took my time because I was going to have time to do it right. And you know, now since then, I've had even more time, so it really isn't doesn't bother me at all anymore. Is that how it is in the Chargers weight room, like it was at Northwestern, with with the entire team surrounding you and, and pumping you up? <laughs> no, it's not quite like that anymore. Um, Definitely miss those days, but now it's all about just just trying to be smart, train smart. That probably wasn't the best thing for me to be doing back then, but <laughs> it was a fun time for sure. <laughs> Do you still get people coming up to you uh, about that video? Yeah, all the time. Every few months I'll get tagged in and it, it'll kind of like go viral again. It's kind of funny. So obviously having last year when, when you couldn't play um, a, a tough situation, what did you learn most about yourself during that during that time? I think I just learned a lot about the game and kind of what it demands and how easily it can be taken away. Um, so, I mean, it just gave me a lot of time to reflect and like think about my future, my goals as far as my career goes, and um, definitely motivated me to never take anything for granted, especially my health. Um, but I'd say that's the biggest thing. And, and what are those goals? Uh, just to become the best player I can possibly be and to make sure I'm never, ever, uh, you know, falling short of my expectations or of my preparation, just making sure I can maximize whatever, whatever gifts I have. Here with Rashawn Slater, all pro offensive tackle coming back this year to the Los Angeles Chargers. My fellow Northwestern Wildcats, Steve Weissman, filling in for Rich today, the Rich Eisen Show. You've got a new offensive coordinator, Rashawn, this year, Kellen Moore. Uh, without giving away any specific schemes or, or team secrets, what will the offense look like compared to last year? I think we're going to see uh, you know, a little bit more variety just in our in our game. I think it's going to be harder to see what's coming from us. I think we have a few more tricks up our sleeve than last year, but at the same time, it's a little simplified. So I don't think we're going to be doing too much, anything crazy, but at the same time, um, we're going to be able to keep, keep teams guessing and go for explosions and stuff like that. What, what's his energy like at practice? What kind of vibe does he bring? Uh, he's definitely high energy. He loves, you can tell how much he loves, how much of a competitor he is. You know, he's always challenging the guys and um, he's a great leader. He's great at kind of just getting everyone on board with his vision. He's awesome. Speaking of leaders, Rashawn, what is Justin Herbert like in the huddle? Uh, 
you know, he's, he's definitely the leader. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's usually a more quiet guy. Um, you know, kind of like in the media and stuff, but with the team, he's, uh, he's very outgoing. He's funny. Um, but guys know that he's a competitor. And so, you know, when he's talking, you know, everyone's listening. As the left tackle, you're basically charged with protecting the centerpiece of the offense. How do you develop that relationship with your quarterback? Uh, just trust and repetitions. I think just the everyday grind we go through as a team really helps. And um, it's just there's so much communication going on between the O-line, quarterback, running backs, as far as protections and just the intentions of our scheme and whatnot. So that communication piece has always got to be there. We've always got to be on the same page. So I think the biggest thing is just you know, every day around the building, we kind of build that trust over time. And is that just in the building, or is there stuff outside as well that, that you really need to, to get that bond? I mean, this is this is a guy who, you know, it, life kind of depends on you at times. <laughs> um, well, he does a pretty good job of uh, helping himself out, too, as far as his pocket presence and awareness and stuff like that. But, yeah, definitely outside the building, too. Um, you know, Justin's great. You know, we go on all the time. We'll do, like, O-line QB trips and dinners and golf and stuff like that. So it goes in and out of the building. What, 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 Rashawn, is the best gift you've ever received from a quarterback? Um, custom set of golf clubs from Justin. So Okay. Are you a big golfer? About that one. <laughs> do, you, do you golf a lot? I'm trying to get into okay. it, actually. There's a lot of beautiful courses out here uh, in Southern California. I haven't really got a chance to do a lot yet, but probably after this season is when I'm really going to start getting into it. Are you? I know you said you were traveling. So, are you not attending the U.S. Open or any any shot you'll be going to L.A. Country Club? <laughs> no, not not yet. But uh, I'll get there one day. That's the goal. <laughs> uh, entering your third year, uh, would you like to this year take on more of a of a leadership role yourself on the Chargers? Um, yeah, I think you know that's just kind of naturally the progression that goes on um, as I spend more time around the team and the culture and whatnot, it's crazy how fast it goes. You know, I feel like just yesterday I got drafted and now I'm entering year three and a lot of the younger guys see me as a vet. So I think that's just the natural progression. And, um, you know, for me, that just means making sure that I'm on my stuff and, you know, having a relationship with guys on the team and it doesn't take too much more than that. So now that mini camp is done, Rashawn, you've got some time before training camp. What's on the docket for the next six weeks? Uh, just work. I'm going back to, uh, to Dallas to train, uh, with my trainer, Duke Manyweather and, um, just six weeks of focus and it'll be here before we know it. No, no trips at all. No, we are, uh, my wife and I are going on a little four day trip to, uh, to Costa Rica. So we're excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I talked to your coach, Brandon Staley the other day, cause he's taken a trip to London and he texted me and he was like, you know, he's a big tennis guy. I don't, I don't know how much, how much does he talk about tennis with you all? I know he went to see Rafa train and all that. And does he really, you know, impart that wisdom on the team? Yeah, he does. It's funny. We just had a team meeting this week and he was throwing out tennis references. He's a big sports guy in general. He's always, which I really like. He's always showing us, uh, taking things from like basketball, tennis, other sports and kind of throwing in our meetings. So what, what did he, what did he say about tennis? He was just talking about the greats and their processes and whatnot. Pretty cool stuff. 
So then I asked him, you know, to come on the show. I'm like, I'm hosting the Rich Eisen show this week. Can you come on? And he said, uh, well, Tom Pelissero already got me. So <laughs> I was like, all right, coach, <laughs> I'll, I'll one up you and get your starting left tackle. Rashawn Slater, um, you, you know, Northwestern is kind of becoming O-line you, you know, two of the last three drafts, we, we've had Wildcats taken in the first round, top 15 picks. I'm curious, ha- have you taken sort of a mentorship role with Peter Skaronsky? Uh We've always had a relationship ever since he visited Northwestern. I always kind of saw how much he loved the game and how detail-oriented he was with his techniques. So it was kind of just a natural bond that we formed just over our love of the game and the position. So it didn't surprise me at all. But, yeah, we talked a lot during his time in Northwestern pre-draft. And I asked him questions, too, because he's very smart. Um, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, So we just kind of have that – I don't know about mentorship, but we definitely have that relationship where we come to each other with, you know, football stuff. I love that. What what have you learned from Peter? He's just very smart. You know, he sees the game a little bit differently than I do as far as angles, techniques, hand usage, and stuff like that. So it's fun to kind of pick his brain and find out what he's seeing. Rashawn, how would you compare L.A. to Evanston? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, it's perfect outside every day in L.A. <laughs> um, that was my first impression when I got off the plane. I was like, how is it so sunny out? But I feel like I'm inside a room. Incredible. <laughs> um, definitely, uh, definitely that is the biggest difference for me. But I love Evanston. I love Chicago. Um, I miss it for sure. I need to get back up there, but it's definitely, it's definitely a nice change up too. When the winter comes, they they miss you as well. But what about the last six months? I mean, what's going on in LA right now? It's just been gray skies. I know. I know. I'm waiting. I bet <laughs> that means it'll be perfect for camp though. I'm sure we won't get a single cloud in the sky. <laughs> I hope so. I, I, I hope you're right there. Um, you, you learn from Peter. You, you learn from the guys on your offensive line. I mean, you grew up with, with your dad who, who played in the NBA for eight seasons. What, what's the best advice he gave you to prepare for a life in professional sports? Really early on, he was always just ingraining in us, you know, the, the importance of preparation and controlling the controllable. Um, for the, so for me, that was always the biggest thing. Like when I was in high school, I figured – you know, I may not naturally be like a six, seven, you know, 35-inch arms, whatever people look for an offensive lineman, but I knew I could control how hard I worked in the weight room, and I knew I could control my nutrition, my sleep, and stuff like that. So that's really helped me out just over my career. Control the controllables. That's all we can do in life. Uh, other than football, what what sports are you into, Rashawn? Uh, I grew up actually not – a fan of any sports. I kind of avoided sports at all costs, actually. So um, I'd say I'm trying to get a little bit into golf, but I really just enjoy playing football. So if you weren't into any sports, what were you into growing up? I uh, like, you know, video games, messing around with my friends, uh, just doing kid stuff, riding bikes. You know, I was, I was very, uh, I was kind of a fat kid growing up. So <laughs> I had some experiences early on that kept me away from, um, you know, hard work, I guess. It, uh, it's really hot in Texas, so I, I never was a big fan until I got to high school. That's when things started to change a little bit. You just wanted to stay inside. 
Exactly. <laughs> did uh, Did you see the quote from Nikola Jokic the other the other day yeah, about the, yeah. the you know Never nobody underestimate the fat kid. Yeah, don't <laughs> underestimate the fat kid. <laughs> yep. It, it it worked out for you there. Uh, I, I'm curious on your Instagram. The bio says begin with the end in mind. What What does that mean to you, Rashawn? That's a quote I heard from uh, Kurt Anderson, my old line coach at Northwestern, and to me that's just about having a vision. You know, I feel like any time anytime in life there's something I want to achieve, it always starts with a vision. And if I can find out what where I want to be one day, I can kind of align my, my routines and my systems with that. And I've just found that's really helped me out to constantly be thinking about where I want to be and just try to align my everyday with that vision. So, Rashawn, as you begin this season, what is your vision? What do you have in mind for the end? Uh, my vision is just, you know, it's it's a finished product of of taking every day one step at a time and just giving my absolute all every day to my team, my teammates, and my craft. So I'm excited to see where that can lead with us as a team. I think we have all the pieces in place, and I think some really special things can happen this year. We just got to make sure that every day we're giving it, you know, the get the full benefit of every day. I said earlier in the show what Novak Djokovic told me, energy flows where attention goes. I feel like that's kind of along the same path of, of what you're doing in terms of, you know, having a vision for what you want when you start something and finishing it. Do you do you get a sense of of a heightened excitement this year with the Chargers, knowing that everyone's back healthy and, and the potential for this team? Yeah, it definitely feels that way. Um, you know, we would never... We always we always believe in ourselves, but especially after last year, some of the losses we had uh, to players, to injury, and whatnot. Like I really feel like there definitely is that energy with the team this year. So I think we're all very motivated to to make the most of it. How, how tough was it for you to be on the sideline during you know that that last game and and not be able to to help your guys? You know, kind of finish that off. It was very tough. Um, Throughout the season, it was it was never easy being out because that was my first time being hurt, so I never had that kind of experience before. But like I said earlier, it taught me a lot. Um, taught me how to seek ways to prepare, to recover, to do everything I can to minimize injury, and I think it only made me hungrier. So. Well, a hungrier Rashawn Slater is uh, is is a danger for the rest of the NFL and all defenses. Uh, you're obviously a wildcat for life, but uh, how are the actual cats that you have as pets? How are they doing? <laughs> they're doing great. They're running around me right now. Um, <laughs> they're doing great. They're uh, they're funny. I've always been an animal lover. I grew up with like three cats. So when I after I got hurt, I was like, okay, like I guess now we have time to welcome some new members to the family. So, so two cat. What what other animals did you grow up with? Uh, I had a dog, and in college I had a bearded dragon. So a bearded dragon. Bearded. Yep. Okay. And where did that go? Is it no longer? Oh yeah, she uh, she passed away a couple oh. years ago. But I'm sorry to hear that. She she had a long run. <laughs> Any uh, does the wife is she okay with potentially getting another bearded dragon in the future? Uh, I think we're both waiting until we're a little more settled in not going back and forth all the time but yeah maybe one day 
All right. Well, well I, I'm super pumped to, to get you on the show today. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Glad that you are back healthy once again and ready to just tear into the rest of this league. Excited about the Chargers as well. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, safe travels back home to Texas and wish you, you the best of luck coming up. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. Go Cats, my man. Go Cats. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rashawn Slater, all pro offensive tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers back and better than ever. That offensive line is stacked. I mean, if you look at the weapons on offense that they have right now with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the rookie, Quinton Johnston, Austin Eckler in the backfield. You got Bosa on defense. I mean, it all starts with Derwin James as well. I look at this team and I say, why not us? Eh, because of the Chargers and something Stop. weird, something weird always happens. Really? Something weird always happens. There's a weird injury. Uh, Melvin Gordon can't score eight times from the one foot line. Like just weird stuff happens with this team. And it almost seems like they're cursed or snake bit, dragon bit in Rashawn's case. Like <laughs> it's just kind of weird. And there's no real explanation for it that makes any logical sense except that Oh, the Charger is going to Charger. So without that, you know, so non, until, non-factual. But until they do something to kind of stop that, you're no one's going to really think they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? If they're healthy, they stay healthy this entire year. Why not? But they have it in the history of their organization. Never say never. <laughs> never say I never. I want them to do it. I mean, uh, they have so many players that you like. Great guys. Justin Herbert is a unbelievable talent at the position. They were up 400 points at halftime in the playoff game and lost. They didn't ever Sean. Can't, can't, can't lose that game being up four scores. No, but I, you, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but, no, but, I mean, but they learned from that. Of course. And I mean, then, you gotta, you gotta hope you gotta hope they learn from that and take it to the next level. They certainly have all of the ability, all of the talent. Uh, very curious what Kellen Moore is going to bring to the table yeah. and how that, changes that offense when he was with Dallas TJ they were one of the highest scoring teams in the league the last four years 29 points per game the last two seasons and if he takes that to the Chargers it'll be a tough team to beat now you could argue he has a better quarterback more talented perhaps yeah maybe maybe they're about the same right Dak and TJ uh, Dak and Justin Herbert about the same I mean, uh, Herbert's probably got a better arm. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know, intangible-wise, which counts for a lot. I don't know who would you'd give the edge to, but I'm too close to this. I can't give you an unbiased opinion <laughs> on this, so don't even come to me. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on the bolts this year, I think. Oh. Chargers. Win the division? Ugh. <sighs> I think you're not all in then you're not all in look last year we had a guy sitting in that chair went all in on a team from the AFC West yeah and it didn't get him very far because he picked the Raiders yeah no I mean the the Chiefs you have to beat the best to be the best so you know they got to get through the Chiefs and until they do that it won't happen but they could do it and and this could be that year so we shall see we are uh, heading to our last segment here. Rich Eisen Show, ah. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today. Back after this. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today and tomorrow. Give us a call, 844-204-RICH. Right now, we've got our guy Terzo in Iowa on the line. Terzo, how you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Hey, man, you guys have had a great show today. You guys have covered a lot of topics. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm happy that you guys went after Pelicero yesterday for that attack on cheese. You know, like, we can't, we can't, we can't allow him to get away with disgracing our cheese like that. Like he was telling us that the the world had better taste than us, but the French are known for their cheese. And you're going to tell me that you're going to go to Italy and not have cheese with your pasta. It's like, come on, Tom, like, like we got to get it together here. Cheese is a quintessential part of a good meal. I mean, you put, that fresh pasta inside that wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano, right? That's how you co- oh, that's man. how you finish it off. That's the cacio e pepe. I mean, without without that cheese wheel, you just got some old noodles. Exactly, exactly. And it, when you were talking about the escargot earlier, well, you know, you you remove the butter. And you just you just got a snail. Oh, yeah, I would not go. like that. That would be a nasty snail. I'll tell you. <laughs> You need the butter and the garlic. Yeah, I mean, I I don't understand the attack on cheese. Uh, you know, I, I take it somewhat personally for for all all the French and Italians in the world. There's there's a tennis player, uh, Yannick Sinner, who was sponsored by Parmigiano Reggiano, and I thought that was the coolest sponsorship <laughs> right? of all time. Oh man, that would be awesome! You just get free wheels of cheese sent to you. That would be amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Another one w- was sponsored by Colavita Olive Oil, so just got you know Ooh. olive oil whenever they wanted it. And then I have Matteo Berrettini, maybe it was Lorenzo Musetti, was sponsored by like the the meats, like a company that uh, produces like the uh, you know bring me your finest meats, Soprasada and and all of that oh, stuff. Prosciutto, you know, can't hardly beat that. <laughs> I could talk food all day, Terzo. Oh, me, me too, me too, Steve. That's one of my, it's one of my love passions. I, lo- I love to cook, and 
I do use a lot of cheese. What's your favorite cheese? Um, I love I love a really good brie. I'm not gonna lie, kind of a very simple. But uh, Tom was actually kind of talking down on putting a little bit of jelly on it. But I like a good brie with some jelly on a, on a little toasted uh, node or a cracker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it's music to my ears. It probably is that an apricot jelly or or you know something along those apri- lines. Yeah, but apricot or kind of a blueberry jam, something mm. right along in there. Yeah, that... Or if you if even you want to spice it up, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a jalapeno. Ooh, as well too. Yeah, you could put a, you could even put that in your grilled cheese just to take it to another oh, level. Ooh. Let's let's go. I'm in for it. <laughs> Terzo, uh, appreciate you calling into the show. Thanks for watching That's and listening. It. I appreciate you guys. You have a good rest of your week. Thank you so much. Later, Terzo. Later, brother. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pro-cheese the world, anti-cheese Tom. This is a pro-cheese show. I just want it known on the record, Tom Pelissero does not speak for all of us here at the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> I mean, that's it, it is blasphemous. I mean, cheese, that's anti-cheese. Mess my stomach up sometimes. What the hell going on? It's but true. I still eat it. I cheese still eat does it. mess up my stomach from time to time, but, but I'm still going to eat yeah, it. Yeah, I still eat it. It's just one of those things I got to deal with. What you do you think of cottage it. cheese? Ugh. Wow. Cottage cheese is great. No. Ugh. Good cottage cheese is great. Oh, ricotta. I love cottage cheese. Cottage cheese is great. Mm. I cut up a banana. Yeah. Like, this is cottage my breakfast. Is and I man, eat it, looks, it in the bowl. It I put cold, a man. drizzle a little no, honey on top. Cottage cheese is good. Yeah, with the very healthy, by the way. Cottage cheese. It's good for you. It is good for you. High in protein. High in protein, low in calories. Yep. Try to try to do that, you know, three three to five days a week, mornings a week. Really? Yeah. That is I, right out of the the bowl. Yeah, right out of the bowl. That's a banana. Though. <laughs> you use the banana as the spoon? No, the banana I, I slice oh, okay. and like you know. I thought you were just spread like, out like a flower. Banana is the spoon, and you're just dipping it and taking bites. A banana. Try that tomorrow. <laughs> Try the use the banana, carve a spoon ladle into the banana, and oh, use that as the spoon. <laughs> I don't think the whole banana. I, I, I mean, think you can just take bites of it. It's too soft. The banana's too soft. It would crumble under you that. You think so? Yeah. That, is, that sounds disgusting. Yes. That's that's. He's already have a banana with ricotta. I'm saying like <laughs> use the banana as a tool. <laughs> that's the work of an apple. Yeah, I'm like, done with the, the apple. Slice. is a dipper. Yeah. Just yesterday. All right. Big spoonful of of peanut butter. And there, there you got your spoon right there. Yeah, peanut butter is more harder consistency than than the cottage cheese. It no? also tastes much better than some cottage cheese. But he's already eating the cottage he's cheese with cottage the banana. Cheese is what I'm saying. <laughs> but it. I like it in the pieces, just like I cut up my apples. Oh, okay. I have a dental implant, so it's harder for me to, to bite into things. I understand. I cracked you know, the tooth for the other day. The grill. It hurts to eat you're watching the Rich Eisen Show. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich. We're talking cheese, cottage, and all varieties. See you tomorrow. <laughs>